I propose to speak about fairy stories, though I am aware that this is a rash adventure. Fairy is a perilous land, and in it are pitfalls for the unwary and dungeons for the overbold. The realm of fairy story is wide and deep and high and filled with many things. All manner of beasts and birds are found there, shoreless seas and stars uncounted, beauty that is an enchantment and an ever-present peril, both joy and sorrow as sharp as swords. Welcome to Type This Cast. This is going to be the podcast where we take a close look at our favorite stories through the lens of the Enneagram. And this is our first inaugural episode. I'm Becky. And I'm Janelle. In this episode, we'll tell you a little about who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and then we will show you how by taking a close look at the beloved characters of the Hundred Acre Wood. So make sure you stick around for that. All right. So to start us off a little bit about us, I'm Becky, and uh, I have been reading books since, you know, I was in the womb, really. Yeah. But (laughs) you could always, as a child, find me up a tree with Winnie the Pooh, for one thing, but many, many, many books. Um, So that starts my sort of street cred as a literary (laughs) nerd and just story nerd. Um, I was obsessed with Disney movies and Disney stories, read every fairy tale I could get my hands on from Grimm to Hans Christian Andersen to anything I could find. Um, and I just grew up loving story. Um, some of my favorite, especially TV shows that I became obsessed with. I, uh, was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer freak (laughs) in middle school and high school. So I'm hoping at some point, maybe we'll even get to look at those characters. We may, you never know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so because of that love, I, uh, studied literature and the like, uh, all through my life. But in college for my undergrad, I studied uh, literature at Biola University. And then I went on to do a master's degree in popular literature from Trinity College in Dublin, Ireland, which was the best experience ever. Um, And in that program, I got to study children's literature. I got to do a course in Tolkien. I uh, studied graphic novels and crime fiction and romance and everything under the sun. Jane Austen especially was very fun. Sherlock Holmes, we went really in depth. And then I did my thesis on noir fiction and sort of hard boiled crime and pulp fiction and all of that good stuff. Wow. wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that, That is my literary cred. As far as the Enneagram goes, I am obsessed, as you will hear. Janelle and I uh, both super love the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. It's been about a year now that I have been deeply into it. Um, I am a fervent Enneagram 4, as you will hear. We know this very well by now. Um, And we got the chance to do... A seminar with Suzanne Stabile, who wrote the book The Road Back to You with Ian Cron. Um, I've gotten to listen 
and just obsessively to every podcast on the Enneagram, especially Typology and The Road Back to You, um, and a little bit of Enneagram Journey, which is Suzanne Stabile's. Um, I've read a bajillion books on the Enneagram <laughs> and just gone real deep. So I am so excited to get to bring my two loves together to get to do close reading of literature and story by using the Enneagram to really analyze the characters of all of my favorite stories. It's the best of all worlds. Uh, so that's me. You'll hear more about me as we go, uh, mostly through my obsessions, I imagine. <laughs> all right. That's fair. All right. So a little bit about me. Um, not dissimilarly, I have been, books have been my happy place for as long as I can remember. Like, yeah, no, I got in trouble for, I was a kid who got in trouble for staying up too late at night reading. Um, I kept a nightlight in my bedroom longer than I needed it for fear of the dark simply to read by. Solid choice. The reason I need glasses right now. Yep. Um, yeah. So story is just, oh, it's my thing. Um, so not dissimilarly from Becky, I also ended up, gosh, pursuing it through, through my my schooling as you as it were um but yeah no also huge disney nerd movie nerd in general my whole family has been like gosh our friday night movie nights included things like the bob hope bing crosby road mm -hmm. movies growing up mm -hmm. and so like classic film and um it's definitely a place that i have spent a lot of time um I I can honestly say that I was late to a lot of my fandoms. Like, I didn't necessarily start when they did. Like, Buffy. Love Buffy. Um, so, yes, we'll probably get there eventually. I hope so. Yeah, we will. Um, but, five by five. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I didn't come to it until later. Similarly with Harry Potter. It was my freshman year at Biola University where I met the lovely Becky Hope. Um when I started reading the Harry Potter books and yeah, read them much faster than I was expecting to because you do. And fortunately had a few to burn through. I only had to like wait on Tinder hooks for the last three books. That is impossible for me to imagine. I know. You lucky thing. <laughs> right? I waited for all of those <laughs> at the door of Barnes and Noble. Oh, speaking of which, uh, oh. totally a Ravenclaw over here technically raven puff if you're looking at like the two houses we'll dive into that i'm sure a ton later but just had to say that ravenclaws are the best the it, end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um and yeah so back to biola where i met becky um also studied english we met in uh actually we met at a movie night for um phantom of the opera da, 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 da. And yes, there may be musical things that we do later on, because um, that would be awesome. Inevitable. Yes. But uh, we ended up being in some of the same classes uh, with some of our most favorite professors. Um, yeah. Uh, ended up also getting my bachelor's in literature, and then uh, not long thereafter went on to get my master's at the University of Aberdeen in Scotland. Um, I was in a program called The Novel, and most of the coursework was focused on theory of the novel. So I will be the first to... Well, not the first. It's I, true. I will point a lot of things out. <laughs> we together will probably go 
pretty deep into theory when we can, Mm -hmm. just because it's what we have done a lot of in our academic work. Um, Yes, we will get nerdy and we will do wonkery here. We have a lot of knowledge of literature that we want to bring into this. Yes. So first and foremost, this is story-based podcast because of those things. Um, In that program, I spent a lot of time in uh, Sir Walter Scott in his world class because of the fact that the University of Aberdeen has an amazing Scottish and Irish literature department and... um, in Sir Walter Scott's world is, of course, Jane Austen. And so spent some good time with those lovely, lovely authors. Um, and then, yep. And then I wrote my dissertation on Agatha Christie and her use of narrative vocalization. So I adjust my glasses up the bridge of my nose. Um, yes. Uh, daunting title. Daunting theory a lot of fun and very interesting to think about. So I'll leave you with that and get into my Enneagram cred. As Becky said, I did get the opportunity to go to um, the Know Your Number conference with Suzanne Stabile. And um, yeah, it was a little over or right about a year ago that I read The the Road Back to You uh, by Suzanne Stabile and Ian Cron. And just before then, I had taken one of the tests. Don't go take any tests yet. We'll get there. Um, Don't do it. Just don't. And had started the conversation about the the Enneagram with my family. Because oddly enough, my brother and sister-in-law were also studying it at the same time. So, hi, Eric and Alexa. The, yeah, I just, oh, I've I've always been fascinated by by personality typing systems and there was just something so cool and so different about the Enneagram that the more I learned the more I appreciated I I've read a few different books on it now I'm still currently working through the complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut Mm -hmm. so I'm sure as we move on with this I'll have more to say about some of the the deeper things that she gets into but yeah that's me in a nutshell something that neither of us mentioned but that we should note just so you know how deep our book cred goes we do also both work at powell's bookstore here in portland oregon and I spent years it's working true. at Barnes and Noble as well through many different roles. And I love talking to people about books, getting them excited about books, selling them a book they never even expected. So one of my hopes <laughs> is that through this, maybe you will discover a book that you didn't think that you would want to read Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of the things we're going to go over are going to be classics to begin with that maybe you missed in school. Maybe you hated because your um, high school teacher (laughs) told you you had to read it for class, which, oh yeah, P.S. I have a degree in education and I teach. Um, Watch out, teacher alert. Yep, yep, yep. I will demand textual evidence from all of you, just so you know. Um, So yeah, so like we are really here for 
books for literacy we are book nerds all of the books all of the times we have all of the street cred with all of the book nerds even work in the biggest bookstore in the world to prove it so you're welcome world yup um okay excuse me so we've sort of given our cred but what the heck is the other side of this. What is this Enneagram thing that everyone in the world right now seems to be talking about? There are a thousand like weird Buzzfeed quizzes about like, what animal am I? What Enneagram am I? What thing am I? Am I a romantic? Am I a peacemaker? What the heck does all of this mean? Janelle, tell us what this means. All right. So according to Suzanne Stabile on her Enneagram Journey podcast website, The Enneagram is an ancient personality typing system that identifies nine personality types that are expressed individually and in relationship to others. Unlike Marston's DISC assessment or the Myers-Briggs type indicator, the Enneagram acts as a unique tool for understanding and explaining human behavior and the underlying motivations that drive behavior and the gifts we all have for the transformation of non-productive encounters with others. Okay, but what's so special about the Enneagram, Becky? All right, so according to Chris Hortz in his amazing book that every one of you out there should read called The Sacred Enneagram, Uh, He says, when we can find the courage to be honest with ourselves, we are ready for the Enneagram. For the Enneagram exposes the illusions that we have defined our sense of self. In this way, the Enneagram may be the most effective tool for self-liberation. Further than this, and more pertinent to what we're trying to do here, The Enneagram teaches and emphasizes compassion for yourself and for others. Mm -hmm. Uh, So good. And isn't that just what we need right now in this world? Oh, yeah. Um, In the Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. A great primer on the Enneagram. It put it this way. um, If we could have nine pairs of Enneagram glasses and swap them we could be moved to extend infinitely more grace and understanding to one another. Such compassion is the foundation of relationships. It changes everything. Mm. And that is just what we love about the Enneagram, that it's not just self-awareness. It's not just like, here is my type and who I am. It's That, but how I interact with other human beings and how I can have compassion for other people and realize, shockingly enough, there are people that are different than me. What? And that they maybe see the world in a different way than me. And by me engaging in their presence, I grow. Yeah. And they grow. All right. So now that we've sort of given you the background <laughs> of this whole Enneagram thing and our obsession with it, mm-hmm. what are these personality types that it speaks of? Well, there are nine. And type one is the reformer. Their motivation is I do everything the right way. All right. And then type two is the befriender and their motivation is i help others 
Number three is the motivator. Their motivation is I am successful or I am more importantly seen as successful. And type four, a very lovely type, is the romantic. And their motivation is just I am unique. Mm. Type five is the observer. Their motivation is I need to understand the world. Type six, the guardian, is motivated by I need to be secure. Type seven is the enthusiast, and their motivation is I am happy and open to new things. (laughs) And Uh, just in that sort of peppy way. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Type eight is the challenger. Their motivation Mm. is I must be strong. Type nine, which I didn't say before, but that's me, is the peacemaker. And my motivation, our motivation, is I am agreeable. Stop. Disclaimer time. (laughs) These, what we just listed and shared, are our simplified terms that we'll be using for now. But the names we've begged, borrowed, and stolen are not the only options. And we hesitate to use them for fear of folks glomming onto a single label. Because... Labels are for bottles, not for people, folks. Well said. At this point in the podcast, you may be finding yourself wondering, how might one discover one's own type? That is a great question, Janelle. Well done. Uh, this qu- the quick answer is, there uh, isn't a quick answer. The nope. journey to finding your type is not unlike a mission, quest, thing. I see what you did there. One embarks upon. Yes, I reference Lord of the Rings. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you know, you do this with a fellowship. There are many different <laughs> online tests that you can take to discover your type. But wait, don't pause us and go rush off to take one of the tests. <sighs> don't Let do us it. explain them first because there is danger here. Indeed. So there uh, are a lot of tests you'll find. If you Google Enneagram test, you will find a thousand. Some are more reputable than others. BuzzFeed ones are definitely fun, but they won't. They won't help. No. They just, they won't. I'm so, sorry. Um, the one that I think is the best because it has been sort of weeded through a bit more than others is that through the Enneagram Institute um, but the fine print there is there is a cost to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not feel like you have to take a test at all. And if and when you do, because, <laughs> you know, we all will. That's it's true. Inevitable. It happens. Um, you don't have to pay for it. But if you want a really great test, the Enneagram Institute is great. We will put our preferred tests in the show notes. Uh, so you can click on them and go to them. Um... But just hear our warning. Before you go take any of these, you require some instructions or a little caution. All right. So number one, our caution number one. (sighs) This one is really significant to me right now as I think about the Enneagram. So there are cultural, national, ethnic, and racial biases contained in some or many of the tests. Uh, these Enneagram tests and just the focus of the Enneagram in general through the past 
has been fairly white centric or ethnocentric uh, with that European lens. So there's a lot of work being done in this area. Hooray to that. Uh, To decolonize these tests, especially considering our modern idea of the Enneagram actually came from South America. Mm -hmm. So not white Europeans. Nope. But we, as we do everything, appropriated them. So just beware that like there are some of those biases in the tests themselves. Totally. Um, Caution number two, as I'm sure... uh, any of you who have taken BuzzFeed quizzes, yes, we keep mentioning them, but they're fun, are well aware we human folk test the tests, meaning we game the system. We try to get the results we want. Like, I know I'm a Ravenclaw, so I'm going to answer the obviously Ravenclaw answers. But with the Enneagram, that won't be helpful for your growth or for the process. So, yeah, that's why... that's. Why that's a caution against taking the test. <laughs> All right. The third caution we will give you is even with your best intentions, we human folk, we are not as self-aware as we like to think that we are. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> uh, so we will answer not just in a way to game the system, like Janelle said, but we will answer idealistically. We will answer with the way that we wish we were, the person we want to be. And that's just not helpful for personal growth with the Enneagram. So all that to say, tests can be a great jumping off point to focus on our particular number. But don't get hung up on what it says your top one is. So there's a slew of books and other podcasts that we will recommend because they've been helpful to us Mm -hmm. on our personal journeys. Um, And we've mentioned a couple of these already, but for both of us, Ian Cron's Typology podcast has been immensely helpful. Seriously, it's been so great. Yeah, and we'll share more in the show notes. We'll be giving more resources and suggested readings as we move through the podcast. But note our show notes today because you'll have all of those tests, podcast references to those things because what has helped us more than taking a test Mm -hmm. or even reading a book, though all the books have been helpful, have been those podcasts like listening to people who identify as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eights, or nines <laughs> talk about what it's like to be a four. Yeah. And Ian on typology often has panels of fours or fives or sixes and will say, tell me what it's like, like when you walk onto a plane as a four, <laughs> like yeah. even that moment has just been illuminating for me. So I really suggest if you're interested in the Enneagram, that you listen to these things and that you dive deep because it's so good. It really is. And I can't emphasize enough just those panels. I recommend them to everyone I know who's getting into the Enneagram. Okay, so danger, Will Robinson. There is a temptation with the Enneagram, even when you're only started to scratch the surface, um, to type other people in your life. Do not do this under any circumstance, people. Don't. Don't type other people. It is cruel. It is evil. It is terrible. It is as Chris Huertz, 
says beyond a party foul. Mm-hmm. So in his book, The Sacred Enneagram, he says to type someone else is an intrusion or an overreach. It is also an indication that someone doesn't understand the power and the potential of the Enneagram. Moving beyond caricature of personality traits to understand the essence behind type unearths the true offering of the Enneagram, which is access to incredible transformation. Until someone is ready for that, their thin understanding of the Enneagram can lead to more harm than good. So please be careful not to, quote, out someone's type. Even if you believe you are helping someone, their type is really theirs to discover and theirs to share when they feel ready to do so. So that begs a question. It leads to why we're doing this podcast. Especially since we are not supposed to type other people. Exactly. So how are we justifying typing anyone, even fictional characters? Well, first off, we're not just typing anyone. We're typing fictional characters. So yes, we're breaking the rules. But it's not like we're depriving Mr. Darcy of his personal Enneagram journey, which, let's be honest, Mr. Darcy might not take he totally an Enneagram journey. I don't think. Yeah. Anyway. Totally a six. The end. Hey, we'll get there. Shh. I have opinions. <laughs> and you'll get to share them. Will I? Of course. That being said, one of the reasons we're doing this thing is because the Enneagram journey, both finding your number and doing the work to grow can be an arduous and painful one and even the most epic tale requires a little comic relief now and again almost as soon as we started learning about the enneagram our minds couldn't help but start applying what we were learning to our favorite fictional characters and since it was so much fun to play this game together we thought we would share the joy of our daily all the time never stopping conversations Of typing all of our favorite characters. Also, one of the things we found is that talking through the ways fictional characters show different aspects of a type has helped people identify their own type more easily. That's not to say that we will be completely accurate in our attempts to type these characters. And we welcome, nay, we encourage, nay, we desire your disagreements with our typing of these characters. Indeed. Uh, and we do have, that we will mention later, a Twitter, Instagram, and email where you can voice your dissent with us. I love dissent. Uh, RBG is my hero. And last <laughs> but not least, the main reason, hear this if you hear nothing else, mm-hmm. the main reason we are doing this podcast is empathy. Exactly. Aside from the importance we personally place on knowing and growing yourself, we have come to love the Enneagram for its ability to help people grow in empathy for those around them. No matter how mature you may be or how well you think you understand other people, there's something absolutely beautifully mind-blowing when you come to understand that that friend, that family member, that coworker, or a distant stranger you always disagree with is just seeing the world in a very different way. Oh, 
Absolutely. This has been mind-blowing and immensely helpful in my relationships, all of them. And more than this, I think that empathy is something that we desperately need in the world we find ourselves in today. Empathy is defined as the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. In other Mm -hmm. words, to put yourself in their shoes. I personally think we need any and every tool available to us to create more of this in our diverse world of echo chambers, black and white thinking, and just toxic conflict. The Enneagram, at its very core, is all about creating empathy, compassion, and understanding of ourselves and others. This is work worth investing in. I believe this so fervently. Also, it's not just work, people. It's fun! Yay! And we are here to prove that very thing. As we look at some of our favorite characters through the lens of the Enneagram and possibly see if through doing so, we can learn something about ourselves and the people that we are close to in this process. So now that we've introduced ourselves and what we're doing, join us next time as we type the lovely characters in the 100 Acre Wood. And make sure to check out the show notes for those book recommendations and suggested test options we mentioned. You can find us at Type This Cast on Twitter, Type This Cast on Instagram, and by email, T-Y-P-E-T-H-I-S-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. That's type this cast at gmail.com. Please let us know what you thought about this introductory episode and which stories or characters you'd be interested in hearing us type. Until then, in the ineffable words of Neil Gaiman, trust dreams, trust your heart, and trust your story. 